0: All right, let me get my thing open here and um, let us begin. Questions. I don't believe there aren't any. I'll, I'll start by clarifying one thing I wanted to say. I don't think I said well. So I said in the message that it's not a husband's job. The wife, No one is told to make the wife submit. And, and what I mean is, um, on the one hand, we'll see next week, one of the husband's primary responsibilities is the spiritual well-being of his wife. So if this is one of the central commands God gives for wives, if the husband's responsibility is to shepherd, disciple, wash, sanctify his wife, then of course it's in his purview. What I mean to say is, he has no tools at his disposal that are righteous and good other than God's word and his own exhortation. What, what I mean is, uh, and this is, again, why it's so important when you, when you get married, when you're choosing a spouse, to pick someone to, to, to not settle unless this person first and foremost submits to God. Because in my marriage, if I'm to appeal to my wife, if she's being unsubmissive, if she's being rebellious, I can point her to what God's word says and I can exhort her and say, Serena, this isn't right. What do I have left that I can use that's righteous? Nothing. If I try to bully her, if I try to intimidate her, if I try to punish her, if I try to barter with her, all of that's corrupt. All of that's broken and godless. And so if if she won't listen to the word, I got nothing that's righteous that I can do about it, right? I mean, what, what other... Avenue, do I have that's right? For part of a church, I could bring the church in, I suppose, right? I could do that. Um, if you're married to an unbeliever, you got nothing that's righteous. You get God's word. And so I, I wanted to make it clear this is not a command for husbands. You better make your wives except No, that's not it at all. Yet it is within the husband's purview, absolutely, as regards to spiritual discipleship, to, to address that. I don't want to say it's not a topic a husband could speak to. But he's got no other tools at his disposal than God's word and teaching, instruction, and exhortation from that. There's nothing else righteous he's got available. So it's not his job to make it happen. It's more like the lead, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink type of idea. I wanted to clarify that. Um, any questions on that or anything? Oh, Mr. Walter in the back. Sophie, come on. Move. Chop, chop. Is
1: the mic on? Oh. So I'm 100% aligned with what you're saying. Yeah. So where my, where my heart goes to uh, is I want to live on the promises of God. And so I turn to things like Romans 2.4, that the kindness of God leads people to repentance and yeah. God uses me to show my wife, for any my kids, anybody, yeah. repentance. So I pray for God to give me ideas to show kindness, yeah. um, to lead people to repentance. I also think about 1 Peter 5, 5, and 6, that I need to humble myself, because if I'm prideful in a manner yeah. of trying to correct, then I've got God's opposition, and I'm not going to do very well in pride trying to work on it. So what are some other promises that come to your mind um, to kind of help when there can be conflict?
0: For the husband, for the wife, for both? Okay. Well, the first thing I'll say, primarily thinking for husbands, is because we're all under authority, because the wife's call to submit to the husband is not unique, I can model for my wife's submission by how I interact with the government. In other words, what do I expect if all my wife hears me doing is complaining and slandering and grumbling against my leaders? What am I showing her submission looks like? What I'm showing her submission looks like is you hate it, it's awful. Um, and so, one of the things I can do is try to model. I mean, in other words, what we gotta ask ourselves as husbands is are we re- reaping what we're sowing? You know, and, and the same thing with kids. You want your kids to respect you, but if we don't respect the authorities God's given in our life, what are you teaching them? You're teaching them authorities are things to be endured. Authorities are bad, and when they're not listening, we say what we really think. And it's wicked. And so the, f- the first thing I just get is this sewing principle of, like, what are you modeling? And what am I modeling about the authorities? And not just when the guy likes an office, you know, but when the guy do adult likes an office. And... So, so that would be one of, the, one of the points. The second, and I'll get to this next week, for husbands, is Christ's primary painful suffering work, was that done before or after his wife was reconciled to him? Before. So I would do all that suffering and all of that dying and all of that um, serving in the hopes and anticipation that it may reap a reward of peace and reconciliation. Jesus didn't say, hey, when you're willing to, when you're willing to be a faithful bride... Then I'll go suffer and die for you. He, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So I would say the husband should take the initiative, if there's conflict, in trying to make peace. Um, and and I was talking to someone in the hallway. I don't want to say whose is harder. I think both the husband and wife are both called the very challenging standards. My wife will sometimes joke with me, though, and say that she's being better at imitating the church than I am of Jesus. Because, because, because... <laughs> I mean, let's face it: the 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 Western Church isn't a very high mark to hit, right? You know, Um, so 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 I'd remind those things. Out of these two people modeling, which one's more sacred? I think the one modeling crisis. If I mess up, I am warping the image of the Son of God. If my wife messes up, she's warping the image of His bride, the Church. So I, I would start by recognizing the responsibility I have to take the lead to set an example, and that um, I can, as a husband, serve in faithfulness, hoping and trusting that my wife will come round. Now, from the wife's point of view, I'd go to 1 Peter 3. If you turn to the 1 Peter 3, I, uh, I did a research paper in seminary that I titled Evangelistic Submission. Because Peter uses our faithful submission to the varying authorities in life as a means he, he envisions, envisions as an evangelistic means to win people, and so it 's not just with the wives, but he uses it in a couple places. and so the, the, the quietness, the gentleness, the meekness with which we order ourselves under the authorities that God has given us are a means to bring about their conversion. So let me, let me show what I mean. First Peter in chapter two. Um, so, ooh, let's go to verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which are waging war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. And that phrase, day of visitation, is used in Luke 19.44, where Jesus refers to Jerusalem um, Weeping over Jerusalem, if you'd only known what had happened in your day of visitation. The day of visitation, I think, is the day the gospel shows up. The day that Jesus comes and presents himself. Israel, on the day of their visitation, didn't realize who they had and what they were doing. Here, I think it means something like, um, keep your conduct honorable, so that when they get a gospel witness... Your good works will be things the Holy Spirit can use to convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Right. So then we go into the first example. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, every earthly institution. um, Whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors. Now we're dealing with tiers of government. It's not just the top dog, but the, the various tiers and strata and different governments are organized different ways. Um, For this is the will of God, now look at this again, this evangelistic submission, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So I'm supposed to respond with good conduct that silences people who are going to be slandering me as I deal with my authorities and my my governors. So here we're dealing with government, right? Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as slaves of God honor everyone, love the brother, fear God, honor the emperor. And then we get to our first case point, servants. But jump over, he's eventually going to get to wives. Well, actually, I'll give you a second motivation. Let me come out of the servants. He deals, we'll just keep going, servants. Now, Peter, unlike Paul, is going to go worst case to best case. So Paul, today, I, I believe, by mentioning Christ is the head of the body and Savior, is showing us what this the beauty of the dynamic when it's working perfectly. When You've got a husband who's sanctifying, cherishing, nourishing his body and willing to lay down his life sacrificially. And then you've got a wife who's leaning into that and, and coming up underneath that role. I think that's a beautiful picture. Peter's going to do the opposite. He's going to envision worst-case scenario. And the rationale is if it's true in the worst-case scenario, how much more so in the not-worst-case scenario? So he's going to deal with slaves or servants first. Be subject to your own masters with all respect. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one. Now notice one broadens this out. Anyone. So this is a truism that's true for all of us, even as he applies it to slaves, which we are not. Um, for this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. So we are still of this notion of, being mistreated and not using our freedom as a covering for evil, but letting our good conduct silence people, right? For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you've been called. I think the antecedent of this is unjust suffering. I think contextually, what to what have we been called? And maybe even more, the willing acceptance of and bearing up underneath mistreatment. That's to what we've been called. Because that's where you get a picture with Jesus. Um, For to this you've been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. So here's an aspect of Christ's life we should expect to imitate, unjust suffering. And I'd put another motive for why we might endure and submit, whether it be to government whatever, unjustly. Um, that God uses such suffering redemptively. So the argument he's going to use here is two, is two arguments, actually. One, if Jesus, who's sinless, can put up with mistreatment, who do you think you are that you deserve better, right? And that, that's one argument. The second, though, is what did God do? How much good did God accomplish for all his people in the world when his son put up with mistreatment voluntarily? Well, he healed and saved us. That's the argument. And I think by implication... When we do that, he's going to use that as well. So let me me read it. For to this you've been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. Argument, we can't make that claim. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. And then verse 24 tells us to what effect. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you've been healed for you were straying like sheep and now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls all because the son of god willfully partook and and did not resist unjust suffering and mistreatment from the authorities god put in his life and understand jesus only had these authorities cuz he left his rights and privileges in heaven, humbled himself, became like a slave, took on flesh, Philippians 2. But now on earth, these are his parents, Jesus has to submit to. We read that in Luke 2. All that led to the salvation, the healing, and the restoration of God's people. So the other point I'd make, whatever authorities you're struggling with, um, that God uses your good conduct in the face of mistreatment redemptively, um, and that's the context then that brings us into no diverse division. Likewise, wives. Like what? Well, this is all flowing out of the head verb in verse 13 of chapter 2. And then you've got to say, like the slaves or like Jesus. Take your pick. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word. By the conduct of your wives. Now, there's that evangelistic element to a gentle and quiet spirit, especially in the face of wrong, right? So, so you ask, what, um, what hope can you give? I, I'd, I'd offer the following if there's marital conflict, and you are powerless at a certain point, once you've exhorted them, once you've pointed them, what Scripture says. And if you're dealing with unbeliever, they don't even care, right? To just, whether it's the husband suffering, laying down his life, and, and, and being and being disrespected and being taken for granted and being mistreated or whether it's the... what Either way, God uses such willing suffering for good. We're following the example of Jesus and that God might use this for good and that on the day of visitation, they might glorify God by vis- seeing our good conduct. That, those are the types of things that... I mean, I mean we could do more, but those, those are some key truths I'd point out. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's scratched where you're itching, but... Okay, other questions. Oh, we got Colleen Krogman. and then we got Dean Levang. So, if you can get on deck with Dean Levang, yes.
2: Okay, so going along then with First Peter three, yeah. Um, and and then you're saying the unbeliever, or so if you have a believing wife and an unbelieving spouse. Um, what could submission look like if he's not even, let's say, he's not even guiding or leading? Sure, what sure. would that be?
0: Um, well, the text that covers that, the other text that covers that, but it's just about don't divorce him, is 1 Corinthians 7. The, the, the believing partner should not separate from the unbelieving partner. It would basically mean, what of his will, whatever his will is, can I accomplish that isn't sinful? And it will be trying to do that. It, it, it'd be no different in some respects than like working for a, you know a company. Like, what does my boss want me to do? What's his will? What? What? And his will aren't you stupid? His will is to watch as much Wheel of Fortune as possible. Okay. I mean, but this is where it gets back to God. I mean, if you think about this, the Lord says to some. I mean, He makes this point to John and Jesus I and mean, John and Peter. And he tells Peter, someday someone's going to take you off or you don't want to go. And Peter says, what about John? He's like, yeah, it's none of your business. So God can say to someone like Peter, you are going to go for my sake, suffer crucifixion upside down. Someone can say to Paul, I'm going to teach how much someone must suffer for my name's sake. For someone else, you're going to go deal with an idiot of a husband. <laughs> and you're going, to, you're going to glorify me by serving as well as you can. So You think in the Old Testament of Abigail and Nabal. Nabal, whose name means fool. I don't think that was what he was christened with. You get the idea that as life events happen, they give you new names. I'm guessing somewhere he did something where they started calling him Nabal. Um, And she actually honors her husband and saves his life. God kills him anyway. David It's it's in, um, I think, 1 Samuel. And David is looking for resources. The Lord's anointed, and he needs supplies. And Nabal basically says, meh. And so David and his men are about ready to go, you know, Wreaks some vengeance on him, and his wife Abigail shows up, and she's like, "Yeah, my husband's kind of not with it, but here you go." And so she saves his life; she honors him that way. I mean, it's it's remarkable. Then God kills him. Um, It's the first confectionist in the Bible. He's a man from had his business in Carmel. Okay, (laughs) but but no, it's going to be this is going to be difficult. I mean, I wanted to say this in the message. Like, I'm sure there are wives who are smarter, more mature. More faithful, um, more gifted in virtually every possible measurement that you could conceive of it doesn't change anything. In the same way, that it didn't change anything that Jesus was greater by every possible measurement, and yet He came and submitted to His parents. He submitted. The, you know, it's 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 about okay. Just how do I then, as faithful as I came before God, serve and fulfill Your vision, even if Your vision is the family that watches Wheel of Fortune or whatever it is you want to do. And, and just trust that God will, will uh, be glorified in that. I mean, in, in the same way that, I mean, our governments can call on us to do stupid things and, and be concerned about stupid things. And I, I've told people that our concern, my concern with masks or not masks, is fundamentally just, but I need to submit and not resist our government. And it's not that I've got a whole bunch of faith in masks. I, I tend to think they do something. I personally don't think they do nearly what they're cracked up to do. But unless they're telling me to sin, that's where, like, so I, I was telling someone earlier, like, they, Dr. Fauci could come out and say, we all need to wear propeller hats to keep the bad fumes away from our face. And then if our leader's like, we want you to wear propeller hats, I'm like, okay, this is stupid. <laughs> but okay. Next Sunday. <laughs> No, I mean, because it's not it's not fundamental. No, because people talk to me, oh, don't you think And they want me to judge the medical evidence. Like, that's not why I'm doing what I'm doing. These are God's servants for my good, and even if I think it's foolish or stupid, I'm trusting he's going to work my good through this for me, and I don't want to be caught resisting him. That, that's the rationale and the logic, you know? And so I, I don't think God's going to be mad at me for that. I don't think on the day of judgment, like, why did you honor my authority? It's not going to happen. Um, so... So um, that's, that's yeah, we're called to submit to, stu- I mean, you're going to have bosses who are stupid, who are going to want you to do things that don't make sense, who are going to be wasteful in the way they organize their business, who are going to be, um, be poor managers of their resources, and you're going you're gonna to tell them, I think this would be a better way to do it, and like, yeah, you're going to do it my way. Okay, I mean, I think, I think it's not unique for a wife. It could be any place of someone in any sort of authority or position under it, is to bear up underneath it and say okay, and just and this gets back to even as we look in Ephesians to servants, you're doing it to try to please God. God, I'm trusting you're pleased with what I'm doing here, even as I think this is a waste of time. You know, um, you just think about the way some unions and government jobs work, where it just doesn't make sense a particular way they're doing something. Like, I'm going to move this stack from here to there and then back again for your glory, God, because. Yes, the willingness... The, okay, so, like, no, let's make it really simple. If if the elders of this church told me, Jeremy, we really want to see you wear cowboy boots and an orange shirt with a bandana on Sunday morning. There, I'm I'm to, submit to the elders. One of the things I love about plurality of elders is no person's excuse from submission to the plurality. So I'm under the authority of the elders, right? I mean, I'm, I'm an elder, but I'm not the elder board. Um, and so... I might think that's entirely stupid now. I think the right attitude would be not this is ridiculous, but I will submit, I don't think it's coming. God has put these it would be this. The, God has put these men in my life as an authority for my good. They may know something I don't know. I fail to see how this is a good idea. This looks silly. But I'm also going to trust that they may know something I don't know and that regardless God knows things I don't know and he's put them here as his servants for my good. And so I'm gonna do this trusting that even if I see no wisdom in it, that God's gonna work good through it. Now, in that sense, I can say, and that makes no sense to me why I'm wearing these boots. is now it'd be different than me saying, Well, to wear those stupid boots and the stupid orange shirt because it's stupid submission That's different. Then I don't understand it. This makes no sense to me. And and again, submission to God frequently involves that. Here's your military strategy for conquesting um Jericho. We need to sharpen our swords? No. What do you need? You need a couple horns, and then you 're going to do like a a slow like marathon march it 's stupid, and so i, I don 't think that the the Israelites have to understand this is a, this is a, this is a very subtle and sophisticated military strategy now i don 't think they could grumble about it, but I think they could say, I have not the foggiest idea why the Lord wants us to march around this city silently, but He wants us to do it, and he 's going to do good for us, so okay like, I think that 's fine, just like Abraham, get up in the morning, go offer your son. Abraham doesn't have to see that as a beautiful thing, but he gets up early and he trusts, and we get some insight into his psychology in Hebrews 11 because he knows what God promised. He knows it's not just through any old son, but through this son, or your offspring it to be. So Abraham's way of piecing that together is, well, I guess God's going to have to raise him from the dead then. That's what Hebrews 11 says. Abraham was figuring. Like, okay, he wants me to kill him. But he said, through Isaac, will your offspring me named? So I guess he's going to have to resurrect him. And so Abraham didn't understand what he's being called to do. So it's not that you have to think this is good. You have to be willing to accept it as good. Maybe the subtle distinction I'd make is like, okay, I don't get this, but okay. As opposed to this is stupid. I want to go on record saying this is stupid. And anyone who asks me, I'm doing the stupid thing. But I'm doing it. That's different, right? Um, so that, that answer your question? Okay. Okay. It doesn't mean you don't have to agree with something you don't agree with. Greg. Oh, now who's next? No, Dean. Then Jake, then Greg. Dean.
1: Well, I was just going to bring up First uh, Corinthians 7.16, but you beat me to the punch a few minutes ago.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Now, is Jake next?
2: Yes. As a husband who's patiently waiting for next week, I, um, I appreciate your uh, point about this is not purely a pragmatic argument about marriage. It's not what works best. Yeah. Marriage is supposed to model something, and that is a, a point that's important because if it's just what works best, then it's easy to <clears throat> bring in all sorts of other arguments about how it works best for me, how it works best for you, your family, my family. No, it's supposed to model something. And because of that, it needs to be on display. For something to model something, people have to be able to see it. It has to be evident, apparent. Um, it's not, you know, it's like a hidden model that no one sees. It should be evident for all of us. And um, I just appreciate you pointing out that it is not purely from a practical standpoint that we have these roles in our relationship. All right,
0: thank you. Yes, okay, Greg.
3: Well, I was just going to offer, an, <clears throat> I guess, an encouragement. Uh, it seems to me that the more we are submissive to somebody or some in, some authority, the, the more they're going to take seriously their authority, uh, whether it be a wife to a husband or yeah. us to our governor or president or whomever. Uh, now, this isn't the reason. I'm not suggesting it is. But by way of encouragement, oftentimes the more we are submissive, the more the authority will take seriously their job and do a better
1: job.
0: Uh, I'll go a step further. I'll say even beyond that, because Romans 12, don't repay evil for evil but make way for the wrath of God. I think that when a wife, nothing makes me more scared. like gets my attention more than when I know I've been a little harsh, I've been a little angry, I've been a little heavy-handed. And my wife, I can tell it's like, <clears throat> okay, if that, and she'll say to me, "You can tell she takes some self control." And she this only happens like twice in our marriage, but only because I've only been heavy handed twice in our marriage. No, and she says, "Okay, if that's what you want." And all of a sudden, I'm like, "God's going to kill me! <laughs> like, 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 like I'm going to get hit by lightning!" No, because the, the pouring you know, Paul talks about reaping coals on your head. Like, I think so often God doesn't fight for us because we're fighting for us. And I'll I'll say this to people all the time. You can fight for you or God can fight for you, but you're not going to get both. And so when we make room for him, when somebody submits out of reverence for God, I think very often God's going to take action. I I think that's normal. So I'll go even beyond you and say, like, God, I think, delights in defending his children who trust in him. I, I think that happens with a great amount of regularity. So, yeah, the best thing you can do is stop fighting for yourself and trusting God to fight for you. I Give that a shot, see how that goes. Yes. Oh, Ron.
1: So, uh, John MacArthur out in um, California, yeah. is he right or wrong to resist the governor's dictatorship?
0: Well, two things there. One, um, I'm not i thrilled to judge another man's servant, but I'll offer this. They've received some recourse from the courts recognizing the validity of their claim. The courts have permitted them to meet now until they have their hearing in September. In MacArthur's case, he's claiming your command is violating God's command because God says we need to gather. And the church, by definition, is an assembly, so we need to assemble. Um, and if, the, I mean, I even told our elders, if when this first happened, at a certain point, we're going to have to assemble. Like, I can flex. I think we can all flex for a bit. But if they said no church until 2022, we got to obey God. We got to assemble. Um, so with MacArthur, I, I think he's absolutely dealing with a, a real biblical command. We aren't being, no one's telling us we can't assemble. And we're, we're It's inconvenient, and it's not the best-case scenario, but 180 of us each week are assembling. I mean, normal Sundays, we only have, about 220, 240. So we're pretty much up to everyone coming except some of the folks who are older and with health issues. In other words, given what they've asked, we're still able to assemble. So our, our take is we can both submit to the government and submit to God. In MacArthur's case, they can't. And so he's saying we cannot do what you're asking us to do and assemble and therefore, we need to assemble. And I appreciated the fact that they came out publicly and said it. They didn't try to hide it. In the same way that Daniel left his window open, he wasn't trying to hide his prayer. They did that. And they've also asked the courts, is this right? I mean, let me be clear. Submission doesn't mean you can't say, I don't know if this law you've given is just. I'd like to ask a judge to render a verdict. Like, that's, I think that's completely fine. Um, I think that you may even have to say, this is unrighteous. I, I was talking to someone on Facebook. My primary thing is the attitude. We may well have to get to a point where we say we have to obey God and not man, in which case we obey God. We're still not grumbling and complaining, and we're still being with as much honor and with as much civility as we can. I mean, go read Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's amazing, even as they disobey, how respectful they are. You know, They don't think, well, now that we're disobeying you, I'm going to tell you what I really think of you. You know, um, And so, yeah, I, I think you've got to think through it. And if somebody wanted to argue, um, no, for conscience sake, I must do this, I'll be happy to hear that. I, th- there's place for that, absolutely. Most of what I've interacted with is simply, this is difficult, this is, this is silly, this is ridiculous, this is unpleasant, let's not do it. Um, that, that's, to the degree that that's what's behind it, I don't think that factors in. If you want to argue either um, this is unethical, and honestly, I'll give some I'll give some ammunition to someone who wants to argue that. There are commands in scripture that deal with intimacy, the holy kiss, which I'm not saying we take literally, but there's some level of right-handed fellowship. Our and our fellowship is absolutely lessened by mass. I can't, I mean, John talks about seeing you face to face, second John. I want have much more to say. I don't want to use ink or paper. I want to see you face-to-face so that our joy may be complete. There's an information that comes from seeing someone's face that I don't get to see with a mask on. Um, so I do think this does start to enter into it. Now, all we're asking people to do is while you move about in the hallways, can you put a mask on so that people who want to socially distance can? Whatever you do once you get to your seat, it's your business. So you want to have unmasked conversations with your friends, go for it. So as we understand what the governor's asking of us, while we're moving in the hallways, putting on a mask, doesn't seem to impinge even those things. So that seems like we can obey God and biblical values for us. Now, MacArthur, they're saying, we can't meet. We must meet, therefore we can't obey you. I think that math works, and we'll see what the judges have. I don't know if that's answering your question, but they're dealing with a much more oppressive system of regulations than we are. I mean, that's the other thing I want to say. I want to go on record. I have, found, I, am, I have been repeatedly thankful for how easy our governor is making it be to submit to her and honor her. I am so thankful we are not having to make the choices other governors are foisting upon people. So that's another reason why, because I'm thankful, I don't want to, I, I want to make it clear, Like I am happy to submit to you because I'm, you're making this easy compared to other governors. So that's part of it too, but I don't know if that answers all your question. Or if you want to respond back, or are we good? Okay. Other other questions and thoughts? Yep, Jeremy in the back.
3: Uh, you talked a little bit during your message about um, areas where uh, the husband's will is set, yeah. and in that area, the wife needs to be submissive. Yeah. Um, what room do husbands have to not set their will on things?
0: Oh, plenty. I mean, I, there are plenty of situations where I don't know what I think about something. I got some ideas. So my wife and I sit down, we're trying to figure out homeschooling for the fall, and I've got stupid ideas. Frequently happens. Now, hopefully I'm smart enough to know I haven't... Like, this is where I want to be clear with terms, like setting your will versus this is what seems good to me right now. So I can sit down with Serena and be like... I was thinking maybe the kids could, uh, you know, play some video games and then eat some candy and uh, then watch Wheel of Fortune. What do you think? I'm being silly, right? And my wife, if she knows that I'm just spitballing brainstorming, she'd be like, that's stupid. You know, I mean, Daniel and I, right? So technically, I'm the senior pastor and I'm the office manager. So there's a hierarchy with Daniel Moore and I. And yet it's clear when I'm like, so here's something in this message, pushback. I want his pushback. And Daniel can push back pretty hard. Um, if you don't know that he can, and that's great, that's fine. There's no there's no issue. There's no issue of insubordination or anything going on there. Um, this this is where it gets, and I, you got to be careful. Of this because we can use excuses for um, evil. If if I think we all know when someone's resisting our will, and we all know when we're resisting someone's will, um, and so. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fool. The whole reason I need a wife well not the whole reason, a whole reason I need my wife, is because I'm incomplete without her. I, I need a help meet. There's deficiencies in me that she makes up for. So there I should expect there to be areas where she's wiser, more knowledgeable than me. I'll tell you one of them, social cues. I'll offend people and not know I'm offending people. I'll give off social cues I don't mean to give off. My wife is awesome at both helping mitigate that and pick me up on, I think that person was offended. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. When they got up and left really quickly, you didn't pick, no, I didn't. Yeah. And so, like, I'd be a fool if I was like, don't tell me, that. who are you? Yeah. I'd be stupid. Um, but so I think a lot of when we talk about our will, I don't mean like your preference. I don't mean, like, what seems good at this moment, but, like, you've settled your mind. You've settled your will. You have a will that's directed one way or another. Um, So maybe that's not categories we generally work in. I I don't want to use just commands. It would be a very burdensome... I mean, think about with your kids. If every time you said, Parker, Maddie, is that a command? Is that a command? Is that a command? If it's a command, I'll do it. (laughs) That'd be pretty tiresome way to live your life, right? Um, well, no, there's a great a, another category of, of uh, submission that we equally struggle with. Hebrews thirteen seventeen: Obey your leaders. This is in the church. And submit to them as those who watch after your soul. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. But that would be of no benefit to you. Like, yeah, we can, we can deal with authorities in ways that produce groaning. And I think if your kids every time, is that a command? Is that a command? If your wife, is that a command? Is that your will? Is that your will? Is it set? Is it set, Jeremy? Is it set? Because I'll do it if it's set. Is it not set? I just like groan, you know, right? Um, I think interpersonally we can pick up on those things, and and it be if and if there's not if there's not clear the wife I could ask right I could ask the elders if the elders talked about the cowboy boots and the orange shirt we I've been better example we've been calling throughout the week my, Mandy myself Daniel. Talking to the um, the health bureau, Warren County Health, and I've called the police department. We've called the. We need clarification on what is your recommendation and what are you asking us to do? What are we saying? Where have you made your will clear, and where are you simply giving advice? And they've they've picked up on it completely. Can you help me delineate what of this thing you want us to do? You're asking us to do. It's not a suggestion. If you had your will, your will as we do this, and what is recommendations for our consideration? And so if you're not sure of your authority, ask. I mean, so there's a way, is this, is this a command? Is this something you want? Is this your will? Fair enough. You could, you could use that as just a weapon, you know, um, to, to tug and fight and pull. I'm guessing most dynamics and relationships have ways of figuring that out. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know if I'm getting at where you're, is that getting it where you're going or?
3: Oh I just think uh personality wise yeah. I tend to be more on the apathetic side. Mm. So I think I m- my danger is yeah. is sliding into I don't I don't really care. You make the decision, you I mean whatever you choose is fine.
0: Then that's your will. Your will is that she makes the decisions. Okay.
3: Yeah. But, but I think I think also I, I think I can I think there is a point where I can abdicate my authority as a sure. husband and leader of the family because I just, I don't choose to make decision, you know, whatever, sure. whatever, wait, wait whatever. till we get to the
0: next, wait till we get to next week, Jeremy, there's all sorts of stuff, but, but uh, no, but no, your will can be, because, so Titus calls the woman to be the house manager, the oika despotas, the despot of the home, okay, and so again, the assumption that this picture is not a wife one. what do you want me to do, do, what do you want me to do? Just tell me. Just tell me. Like no, Proverbs 31, she's going out, she's buying fields. She's do, she's active. When I'm talking about the, the when I'm ta- the part of submission of yielding your will to the will of another. When it becomes clear your husband has a will and it's contrary to your own, it yields. It's Jesus in the garden. It's not Jesus constantly. Okay, I'll do it if you tell me to. I mean, but he knows his father's will, and in that moment he says, "Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done." That that's the issue. So when you're aware of the fact that you're Whoever you're under authority with has made their will known. It's clear; like they're not asking an opinion, they're not flexing. No, they they seem settled. Now I know what I need to do. That's that's the issue. And maybe there is some confusion. I thought we were still discussing it. I thought you still wanted input, and you know, people can figure out whether it's in your workplace or whatever how to make it clear. No, we we left that zone a while ago, and that's up to each dynamic to figure out. But yeah, it is entirely possible to be too passive. But your will could be. You do a great job managing the home. I mean, if my wife dies, I have no idea who's going to pay the bills because I. She's good at. She's much better than I am, and so part of it is like, yeah, you run with that. You manage that. That's great. Um, that's part of how that happens. So it's not that submission means I have to call every shot. I'd be a fool if I did that. She's a good house manager. She's good at running our household. She's good at directing the children. She's fantastic. At organizing, she sat down. She's been thinking about homeschooling and what to do this year and everything. It, 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 it's, it's intimidating, you know, uh, how much she's come up with and the roles she wants me to play in it. Uh, <laughs> you know, no, but, but which makes sense and which seem good. Like, no, that does make sense. Yikes! Okay, um, and 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 uh, no, that that's all part of like I, I'm a fool if I hedge and and restrain my wife's. Abilities and, and for some pride, like no, I need to do this right. Um, but I'm also a f- fool if I don't give her direction and shepherding. I mean, next week the primary goal is her her spiritual growth and maturity and her what's blessing her and what's causing her to blossom. And I mean, the biblical pictures of like an olive tree and a vine. Vines need a trellis or a pole, or you know, vines without that just kind of sprawl over the ground. Like like uh, we got some of those volunteers. Creeping Charlie. Well, no, we got some volunteers in our, um, in our. I got some volunteer gourds of some sort in our compost pile. They're just sort of creeping all over There's Some little gourd-looking thing. But they, they t- the olive tree does great with, with some structure. So that's that's a picture, right? And if you give your wife, a woman or anyone with too much latitude, can just sort of sp- sprawl out. I, I don't think it's for nothing that the picture is of. Uh, in so- is it Psalm 108? Your Blessed is the man who—I eh, have to look it up now, don't I? Hold on. You can't quote it. Look it up. We'll get—we'll get to you. The microphone will be there. In a moment. Let me find it. It's uh olive tree. Someone just want to look like olive plant in the Psalms. It'll be helpful. Or even just olive in the Psalms. It's like one thirty something or 128? Is it one twenty-eight? Yeah, one twenty-eight. There we go. One twenty-eight. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his... Oh, a song of ascents. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of your hand and of labor and of your hand, and shall be blessed in it, and shall dwell with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children shall be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall be the man blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. There's a biblical picture for a healthy home. Um, uh, uh, next in line, who's next? Ron's next. Ron, it's got uh, a microphone.
1: So if the Zatic. if the government wants you to do something that is medically unhealthy, are we uh, obliged to do that?
0: That becomes, no, that, that's, that's, that's a slippery slope question. Let me, let me tell you what I mean that. If the government says, we want you to take um, arsenic and drink it, I think clearly that we want you to commit suicide. And I cannot commit suicide. I cannot take life. It's not mine to take. Um, and this gets into issues, no, no, this gets into the slippery slope issues of ethics. Okay, I can't take my own life. Can I live in a place that's polluted with bad air quality, or does every Christian need to leave Los Angeles? Um, Can I eat trans? Can can I eat trans fat? Can I have a glass of wine? Can I smoke a cigar? Can I do any of these things that are unhealthy in any way, shape, or form? What's my obligation? Must I be as healthy as I absolutely must be? I think you have to answer those questions first, then decide: Am I being told to sin? based on that I mean, that's how I'd work it out if, if you conclude I cannot eat this trans fat you know chip because that would be unhealthy my body's a temple and the government wants me to eat this trans fat okay fine then if and this is where we each have an individual conscience and, and again I'm not I'm not saying we obey in everything we obey in everything when we're not told to sin and if a person's conscience says doing X Y or Z is telling me to sin I'll totally respect that we can talk that out Like, that's fine. And different consciences may come to different conclusions. The government can't tell me to kill myself. Could the government tell me to do something unhealthy? How unhealthy before I say no? I don't have a line. I think individual consciences may differ there, and I would totally respect that if that's the basis. But again, it gets back to our attitudes. Our attitude, one of, I want to honor and obey you, but I can't in this one area. or is our attitude... You know, don't tread on me, mess with a bull get the horns. I mean, what's our attitude? What's our heart? Is it the Dresden flag? Or is it a submission? is it Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and in Daniel? I mean, again, just look at how honoring they are, even in their disobey. Um that that that'd be the difference. But I don't have a strict line. If you think you're being told to sin, you don't obey. You obey God. Period. And then it's just gonna sort of come down to a conscience issue of how unhealthy is sin. And I, I don't know where people are going to draw the line on that one. But I would completely respect and see as valid, a rationale that went, I'm being asked to do something unhealthy, and I need to not do that. Yeah, sure. Who's next? Oh, Colleen. Oh, oh we're past time. Okay. I'll stick around up front. You can ask me your questions. Godspeed. God bless. Good day.